This is a test of the emergency podcast system. Activated by contract termination. Rumors of our demise are greatly exaggerated. Welcome to Stacy on the Right with your host, Stacy Washington. She's blessed to be a Bible-reading, gun-toting, Air Force veteran, wife and mom, righteously American. Whoa, welcome. It's Friday. I just got done dropping all of the ordinance I had on the Andrew Wilkow show. I was talking to him about Baltimore and some of everything. And now I'm all fired up to talk to you. Yeah. So today on the show, next segment, we're going to have Michael Knowles join us. He's the mayor of Ferguson. He's going to talk to us about five years since Michael Brown's shooting and what his community is doing. What what are they up to? Uh, you're going to hear him talk to us here on the show. He's going to be live. So it's fantastic. Can't wait. Uh, we're also going to run down how Joe Biden says poor kids are just as bright as white kids. Now he's gaff-tastic. He is the USS gaff Arama. He, the guy knows no gap that he will not utter and then, you know, try to walk back. So we get it. He's, you know, that's who he is. This is who he is. Just like I say, this is who I am. That's who he is. Okay. But that doesn't mean we can't still be shocked that the inner workings of his mind keep showing us something and it ain't pretty. So we'll dig into that. Uh, we are also going to just chat through the rules for the Democratic Socialist Convention. Now, PJ Media found the rules, but the audio is even better than the actual rules because in the audio, you're going to get to hear grown men whining about other people chatting among themselves while the speakers are up there asking questions of the group. Now, you might be thinking to yourself, well, I mean, you know, so what? No, this is who they are. We ha- we have to listen to them in all their glory and we have to laugh about it. We have to get our popcorn out. We have to enjoy uh, the experience. So we'll be doing that today on the show because it's, you know, it's Good News Friday. And on Good News Friday, I, I'm kind of like unwrapping the package before the actual moment. But um, I think Mayor Knowles is going to have some good news for us on Good News Friday and we're going to love it. And then we are going to talk about the UK drag queen teaching children as young as three how to twerk and how important it is that you pay attention. So I was um, at a business meeting earlier this week. Fun things on the horizon, you guys super fun things. Okay, but I can't tell you anything, so I'll stop. But at that luncheon, one of the people who were there with us was talking about how here in Brentwood, the Brentwood Library is actually the actual Brentwood Library, meaning the municipality or city of Brentwood, their town has their own library and their taxpayers. So if you live within the confines of the city of Brentwood, you pay an extra tax that supports the library. And so you can still go to the St. Louis County library branches. There are just tons of them. And everyone who pays tax in St. Louis County supports the St. Louis library system, the county library system. And then St. Louis City has their own system. So the city of St. Louis has a system with a big, huge downtown library. It's very historic and beautiful. um, And it's supported by city taxpayer dollars. But I digress. Anyway, Brentwood has their own library. So it's not a part of St. Louis County. And so I don't get notifications about what they're doing there. Well, at the lunch, they were talking about how the, the Brentwood Library is having drag queens in to teach the kids. They have different levels of interaction. So the little tiny kids get a story read to them and they get taught how to twerk. And then the bigger kids get a lesson taught to them. But in the lesson with the drag queen for the big kids, if you drop your big kids off and you want to sit in on the lesson and stay with, you're not allowed to. Parents aren't allowed in the meeting with the, with the big kids. Now, I don't know what kind of hellish environment a parent would have to be rearing their child up in where they would find a mentally deranged individual who likes to dress and drag and take their child and drop them off to spend time with them alone. Um, What we should do is we should go over to the library and set up cameras and every parent who drops their kid off and leaves and doesn't doesn't stay behind and leaves their child with a stranger, uh, a drag queen, those those parents names and faces should be turned into DCFS. Yeah, I said it. Why? Yeah, I, I, I believe that. So uh, we'll, we'll unpack that a little bit. In fact, we're going to do that now because I want to get through it so the rest of the show we can be smooth sailing without having all this kind of heaviness hanging over us on Good News Friday, but it has to be covered. Um, and I've also seen some reports, which I have to investigate a little bit more. I was on Twitter this morning 
uh, tweeting quite, quite a little bit. I'm at Stacy on the right on Twitter. Don't go on there and get triggered if you're a liberal. Um, but everybody else, you should be totally happy with what I've been tweeting about. And I saw somebody post a story that I have to take a deeper look into to make sure that I can verify it about uh, a drag queen down in Texas actually being up on charges because, you know, they've got some kind of pedophilia thing. So that does not mean all drag queens are like that. But obviously, parents are taking their kids' lives into their own hands by engaging in this activity. And I, I don't understand why they would want to do it. So this is over in the UK where the drag queen movement is much further along They've been teaching children as young as three years old how to twerk. This video is posted online. It shows a UK drag queen teaching little kids, little tiny kids during story time, how to twerk, you know, moving their rear ends around in a, in a very suggestive manner, um, which honestly, if you have access to the internet, you don't really need lessons from a drag queen. So it makes you wonder what is going through the mind of this man dressed as a woman and what is going through the minds of the parents? And do you want your child dancing like that? Yeah, I've seen on Instagram where there's a ton of little kids who know how to dance suggestively. And obviously their parents are horrible people. But I mean, if you're the kind of person who takes your child to the library regularly, aren't you one of those people who's really much more concerned with their education and their, their being um, intellectually stimulated than twerking? You don't have to go to the library to learn how to do that. So this is Devon Libraries in Exeter. And they announced on Tuesday that the performer who goes by the name Mama G would be appearing at the Barnstaple and Bideford Libraries. Mama G is back in Devon this week, they posted on Twitter, combining panto, drag, and the traditional art of storytelling. Mama G will be sharing tales that celebrate being who you are and loving who you want. This is the social and societal degradation that we are, we're on the same train. We're just further back. So... The event's website calls Storytime with Mama G suitable for children age three and above and their families and features fairy tales with an LGBTQ twist. And in this website, it says he has performed throughout the United Kingdom at libraries, bookshops and cafes and was featured in a production of Mother Goose at the Brighton Fringe. Come and meet Mama G's range of wonderful characters, confused horses, feuding fairies, champion twerkers, and Oprah in stories that will make the whole family think, laugh, and love. A description of his storytime roadshow reads, let Mama G introduce your children to the world you want them to grow in, one filled with love, equality, and sequins. There may even be a twerking competition, so get to practicing so they advise viewer discretion in watching the promotional video. Come on, parents. So if, if you're just tuning into the show and you've never been on here, uh, welcome. Thank you so much for being here. You're awesome. You, you, so you're brave, you're courageous, you're strong, and you're probably really good looking. You know, so I'm just, I'm just thankful that you're here brightening our moments with your listening ears. But I also want to say that people who are fine with this kind of stuff, they're setting themselves up for a really nasty little meetup at the judgment seat. Yeah, because if you're a Christian, you know one day you get to meet the Lord face to face and there's a reckoning and accounting of what you were involved in. And the Bible actually talks in numerous places about how it is very, it's like you're playing with your eternity when you intentionally place little children in harm's way. So you don't want to be doing that. And that's what this is. It's damaging to their innocence to have this kind of information foisted on them at a tiny age. They don't deserve it. And so we, we shouldn't, not only should we protect them from it, but the idea that our open spaces, the spaces where we spend time for kind of educating each other, that those are places where we would want this kind of activity. It's just silly. It doesn't make any sense. So I, for goodness sakes, for God's sake, please. Don't participate in this and contact your local library and say, you know, I'm a taxpayer and I absolutely don't support this and I'm, I'm going to fight you on it. We're going to protest your library. We're going to take pictures of the people who are going inside. We're coming for you or don't warn them at all and just show up. All of you should show up with your Bibles and break out in the best hymn, Amazing Grace. Come on, you know, and you know, you got the singing chops for it. I've, I've heard people, I've been, have you ever been in the grocery store or in a store somewhere? And a really, you know, fun, jaunty song comes on 
and someone on the aisle that you're on starts singing lowly to themselves like they just can't help it and you hear their voice and you're like wow what why are you in here in the grocery store you should be on a cd somewhere you know people can sing lots of people can sing so get up in those libraries and start singing and sharing the gospel offer the drag queen the word of the lord offer to pray with him talk you know it's not about being confrontational in a way that um that hurts anybody it's about basically showing up because you don't have to let this go on in your space that's your space the public library it belongs to you this is not the purview only of those who want to see drag queen lgbtq stuff spread around they're a tiny group you are many more gather your folks together and show up and tell them every time you have a drag queen anything we're going to be here humming and singing hymns and passing out the word of the lord and witnessing to folks because that's what we're supposed to do anyway so we're going to do it here because you are giving us a, an, an availability. So we're going to be here with you. We are with you. You know, that's that's the response to it. So now I want you to hear um, your wannabe president, Uncle Joe, crazy Uncle Joe Biden. He's got something for you to hear. And well, here it is. And the other thing we should do is we should challenge these students. We should challenge students in these schools to have advanced placement programs in these schools. We have this notion that somehow if you're poor, you cannot do it. Poor kids are just as bright and just as talented as white kids, wealthy kids, black kids, Asian kids. No, I really mean it, but think how we think about it. So he added in the, the Asian kids and everybody else because he knew he had stepped in it. But I mean, so this is the best they've got. You know, Joe Biden's the front runner. And, and I, I feel pretty confident that he's going to be the nominee unless the Democrats pull a coup at their convention again, like they did the last time. Um, and they do still have some super delegates. They got rid of some of them, but they still have some. So unless they pull some kind of a coup, he's going to be the nominee, which means that we're going to be treated to many more of these comments. Like this is going to be the regular. Remember he said, they're going to put y'all back in chains back when he was running the last time. And I I couldn't believe that people actually were okay with voting for him then, but they were, and they did. And we were all just, uh, we were flabbergasted, but he didn't win. So now he's, he's, he's back. And um, yeah, I, So what's so interesting about that is he says the poor kids, which in this case, in his mind, poor is a synonym for black. The poor kids are just as bright and talented as the white kids, which means in his mind, the default position is that all white kids are talented and amazing and, and, you know, nothing wrong with that. But it also means the default position is that all the poor kids synonym for black are not. And I can't, I, so I, Joe Biden, have you met my kids? Oh yeah, that's right. I wouldn't let my kids meet you because you can't keep your hands to yourself. Okay. (laughs) Remember when I was on the other place, um, on the air at the other place. And I, I was talking about how if Joe Biden, if I ever met Joe Biden and my kids are present and he started, you know, putting his hands on their shoulders and standing behind them and sniffing them, that I would be over there on him and then I would be on the floor because the secret service would put me down on the ground. You know how they do. You go for the person that they're protecting. And before you get within arm's reach, they put you on the ground. They either slam you or they lift you up and they drop you or somehow you end up meeting the floor at like a high velocity. And I said that would be me. And I would be on the ground, get, you know, my hands would be pinned behind me. It would it would be rough, right? This is not the scenario that I've I've ever envisioned for myself as a person. I I consider myself to be law abiding and I like the law. I like I like being free. I like not getting body slammed. But hands on kids, it's me and you, baby. It would be me and my husband would probably be elbowing each other to try to get over there. Um, and then we would both be on the ground. And then the kids would be like, Mom, what are you doing? And then I would be like, He was gonna his hands were on your shoulder. <laughs> <laughs> and then the Secret Service would say, ma'am, what is wrong with you? And I'd say, Joe Biden was trying to sniff my kid and I had to get over there. And then so it would just be a mess. It would be a horrible, hot mess. Um, but can you blame me? Can you blame me, people? So we get to look and see Joe Biden sniffing and doing whatever else he's going to do with the people. Um, that's coming at you like at a velocity of maximum velocity, maximum speed. That's coming at you just shortly, shortly, people, because He's on the campaign trail and he's not going away. And so I just, 
oh, y'all, I just, I don't even, you know, I'm glad to be an American. Loving this country, um, you know, loving everyone, even those crazy America haters who they only have the right to say they hate America because they're in America. You know, those guys. Come on, people. When we get back, we're going to have Mayor Michael Knowles from Ferguson, Ferguson, Missouri, and more of the show. (laughs) Stay right there. from Michigan. I work an extra part-time job serving lunch at my child's school, but I still can't afford to put food on our table. Daniel from California. Choosing whether to pay the rent or pay to fix the car to get to work doesn't leave us with much at all. Now we can't even pay for meals. Hunger is a story we can end. End it at feedingamerica.org. Brought to you by Feeding America and the Ad Council. Hi, we're the Goo Goo Dolls. We're fortunate that our daughters have what they need to grow and learn. But that isn't the case for nearly 13 million kids in the U.S. that struggle with hunger. Childhood hunger is a heartbreaking reality that Feeding America is working to change. Each year, the Feeding America network of food banks rescues billions of pounds of good food that would have gone to waste and provides it to families and children in need. You can help kids in need in your community by visiting feedingamerica.org. Brought to you by Feeding America and the Ad Council. The possibility of lung cancer can be pretty scary, especially if you're one of approximately 8 million current or former smokers at high risk. That's why SaveByTheScan.org wants you to know that now there's a breakthrough low-dose CT scan that can detect lung cancer early, and it only takes 60 seconds. You stop smoking, now start screening. For an easy quiz to see if you're eligible, visit SaveByTheScan.org. It could save your life. SaveByTheScan.org is brought to you by the American Lung Association's Lung Force Initiative and the Ad Council. You took the first step and quit smoking, but even former smokers may still be at risk for lung cancer. That's why SaveByTheScan.org wants you to know about a new low-dose CT scan that can detect lung cancer early. It takes only 60 seconds and could save your life. You took the first step, now take the next. Visit SaveByTheScan.org for a simple quiz to see if you're eligible and talk to your doctor about screening. SaveByTheScan.org is brought to you by the American Lung Association's Lung Force Initiative and the Ad Council. First, I hold my hands out like they're on a steering wheel. Then I look over my shoulder. One. Okay, cool guy. Two. Three times. Next. Oh, I put it in reverse. Meep, meep, meep. Then I take it up and down. Up, up, and down. And that, kiddos, is called the forklift. Dance like a dad. It's a great way to make a moment with your kids. Now that's dancing. Sure beats flossing. Visit fatherhood.gov. Brought to you by the U.S. Department of Health and Human Services and the Ad Council. Hi, everyone. Al Roker here. As a guy with his own catchphrase, I appreciate that after 75 years, Smokey's only said, Only you can prevent wildfires. But I'm filling in because there's a lot more to report. Like when it's dry or windy. Be careful burning yard waste because wildfires can even start... In your neck of the woods. Go to SmokeyBear.com to learn more about wildfire prevention. Brought to you by the U.S. Forest Service, your state forester, and the Ad Council. Welcome back to Spacey on the Right. Hey, everybody. Producer, so uh, if, if you're ready. Hey, everybody. Come on. We are absolutely excited to be with you, and um, we are going to be with our guest in just a minute here. I wanted to talk about the chat room. The chat room has some fun comments going on awesome. inside. Hang with me real tight. And um, they're talking about Jesus saying it would be better for that person to have a millstone cast about her neck and that person cast into the sea rather than to hurt a kid. Um, and there are also quotes in here. <laughs> Someone said... Uh, I'm not sure who that is because they are not signed in, but it says quote of 2019, Stacey Washington, um, Joe Biden was trying to sniff my kid. And then Stacey was the truth about Ferguson ever released to the public. Yes, it was. Um, so right now I think we have our guest with us. It's mayor of Ferguson, mayor Michael Knowles. Um, thank you so much for joining the show today. Oh, thank you, Stacey. So the first thing that people 
I, I guess you probably get this a lot, um, you know, kind of hazard of the job is people want to know if Ferguson is okay, if it's doing all right, if the, the citizens of Ferguson who live there and lived there before all of the drama and still live there to this day, if they're flourishing and if things have improved there. Well, I mean, I think there's certainly been uh, a lot of improvement where we've where we were left off at the uh, the end of the unrest in 2014. Um, certainly, there was a, a kind of a hole to climb out of, but we have seen tremendous um, uh, you know growth in our uh, economic development corridors, both along South Florissant and now along West Florissant. We've had a number of developments, and then several more that have been announced, and we'll be uh, underway here this uh, this upcoming fall. And so you know, we're really excited that there's an economic development progress. There's certainly been progress in reforms, both at our courts and our police department, uh, our neighborhoods, our community, uh, residents. You know, they, they still come out and enjoy the wonderful amenities the city has. We still provide those, both with a robust system of parks, uh, festivals, events. Uh, we have summer concerts. We have our, our, uh, farmer's market every saturday which is really just a great uh gathering place for people from all walks of life in ferguson uh to be able to go out uh it's not just a shopping event it's a social event uh but you know really just kind of congregate together meet your neighbors see your neighbors have a great time and so those sorts of wonderful quality of life things that we've always provided uh we still provide and uh you know there are certainly some things and struggles that we still have uh, just as many communities in North St. Louis County have, uh, have experienced for a long time, we, we always struggle with the fact that Ferguson is no longer just a, a quaint town that uh, we all love, but now it is also uh, a hashtag, a symbol, uh, you know, something for the pundits to, to batter around when they don't know what to say. They just define it as Ferguson. Um, so there's there's great there's great things going on, but there's still still challenges ahead. So I, I'm, so first of all, congratulations, because I think one of the things that happens, you know, a major news story like that, you guys were in the news all the time, heavy rotation for about 12 months. And then the second year, it was, you know, sporadic, but you were still there. But now we're five years out, and people have kind of settled into, you know, other news stories. There's, there's other things to talk about. But you guys are still there, and you've been, clearly, you've grown. I, when I was there yesterday, I just was really pleased to see how much of a, it's like the cutest town that, you know, your kind of main drag there where the city council is near. You just kind of drive just off the main drag to get to the city council building. And so I was like, you know, it's so cute. Uh, like this town is adorable. There was a huge smoking barbecue place there. Like the smoke was billowing up and I smell that barbecue and I'm, I'm off the barbecue right now, Michael. I'm on a slimming regimen that includes no barbecue. So I drove by it. It was as if my car was trying to get into the parking lot and I was fighting with the steering wheel. Like you will not go in that parking lot. You will not buy barbecue. And it was so good uh, to see that just to, to see how nice and just basically normal and small town cutie it looked when we were there yesterday. Yeah. And you know, there's a, you know, there's a large part of North County that, uh, uh, was mostly post-war housing. Uh, you've got a lot of development that happened in stages throughout North County and Ferguson being one of the oldest communities in North St. Louis County has this, you know, poor original part of town that was, uh, built along the, uh, the Wabash Railroad. Uh, the gentleman who donated the, the land to build the train station, his name was Ferguson. They named the station Ferguson. They named the city that eventually grew up there, Ferguson. But at, at one point in time, it was nothing but big, beautiful Victorian homes. And as time progressed, you know, neighborhoods formed. And after the war, you know, different types of housing stock evolved. And uh, it really is a diverse community, both uh, you know, racially and socioeconomically, and certainly the housing stock is as well. Um, and which also gives us some interesting challenges because uh, it's a lot easier. So you know, those, those big, really old homes are you know have uh, you know a functionality that's, you know still that people look for and want to buy those homes. But then we also have a lot of homes from you know the 1950s, 1960s that are you know 700 to 1,000 square feet and um, not as uh, not as conducive to today's modern family. And so a lot of those end up as rental properties and, you know, we struggle with, you know, landlords and investors who don't, uh, 
maintain those properties for their for their tenants as well. And so there's a it's a it's a beautiful town though. I mean, all across the community, and um, it's certainly not what people saw just watching the news back in 2014. So let's talk a little bit more in detail about the things that you're doing. Um, to help close some of the gaps that exist. And this is not unique to Ferguson. Every municipality in the St. Louis area has something that they're dealing with, whether it's crime or underdevelopment or in some places overdevelopment, people fighting over what, you know, what kind of tax increment fighting, uh, financing they want. Um, the, the larger issue of better together, whether or not the county should join with the city. I know that hasn't gone away. That's definitely a conversation that's going to continue to come back up until there's some resolution. And so for Ferguson, you have your own specific issues that you're dealing with. and You just outlined some of them. What are some of the steps that you've successfully taken to get to the place where you are now? Well, we've been able to find some really good partners in uh, some of the corporate uh, uh, citizens across the St. Louis region. We've had uh, corporations like Centene, uh, Emerson, who you know, is, their world headquarters is located within the city limits of Ferguson, uh, Express Scripts, others who have uh, stepped up um, to help, you know, bring, you know, uh, increase really with their footprint currently or add a footprint of their company in the city of Ferguson or in the, you know, greater Ferguson, North County region uh, to help bring jobs, to help bring investment, where oftentimes uh, other developers may not because they oftentimes will, you know, they're looking at the bottom line, where am I going to, to have the biggest return on my capital uh, well, I'll take that money and spend it in West County or in St. Charles or in Jefferson County or Franklin County. Uh, so a lot of a lot of people overlook North St. Louis County, but this is we have taken the opportunity to show people: look, the city is doing some great things. Uh, we have great amenities here. We have great people here. We actually do have um, the the demographics needed to support some of these businesses, some of these uh, restaurants, some of these. Um, uh, you, know, you know, different sorts of, you know, uh, entertainment venues. We've been able to, to put that information together and really court some of these businesses to take another look at Ferguson. And I think some of it is, you know, clearly um, them wanting to be better corporate citizens by saying, okay, I'm not going to just take my money to the, you know, the normal places I would take it to, Ladue or wherever I'm going to take it to invest in a community like Ferguson. Um, but they certainly have found a great partner in economic development in the city government uh, and certainly a strong foundation of a community within the people of the city of Ferguson. And so we travel and go to conferences. You know, we work with all the developers in the area. Uh, we keep those lines of communications open. We've purchased data, you know, economic development data, shown people the truth about what what we can sustain. And, um, you know, people have said, okay, we'll, we'll, we'll build in Ferguson, we'll invest in Ferguson. And uh, certainly if you look at Ferguson compared to some of our surrounding North County communities, you'll see that we've, uh, I think, exceeded what many have been able to do you know, along those lines. So, Mayor Knowles, uh, yesterday when we were there, we all had a wonderful photo op and we gave you a number of copies of our uh, blueprint for a better deal for Black America. And that was from Project 21. Um, I'm co-chair of Project 21. Chris Arps is one of our advisory board members. And we're really excited that you were willing to do that and that you brought city council members who were willing to just it. it, I mean, it's it's almost a feat of amazing uh you know, bravery for someone to take the document out of our hand and say they'll read it. Um, we have met with some resistance. <laughs> I, I remember going to the Lifelong Learning Center at Washington University, and this was my subject matter. And afterwards, I had Democrats, short little people, uh, admittedly, but they were in my face with their finger inches from my nose yelling at me about the items in the blueprint. Did, did you get a chance to review it at all? And, and what are your thoughts? So I have been able to review some of it. Uh, you know, I'm, I was really excited, and of course, I made Chris give me a little bit of a heads up as to what was in it. Um, but knowing you and knowing Chris, certainly uh, had no concerns about what the content would be. Um, you know, I'm excited that you know Ferguson will be able to do you know hopefully our part uh, to you know use some of the uh, recommendations within the within the uh, blueprint to really 
you know, you, you know, it's, some of it's introspective, right? It's, you know, it's looking at ourselves, you know, how we make policies, how we make rules, how, uh, you know, understanding before we do some of that, how they uh, impact uh, communities of color, how they impact uh, maybe disproportionately the African-American community, and, and making sure um, we're aware of that beforehand, clearly, um, making sure that regulations and things like that, uh, which, you know, as a conservative myself, I've always been very supportive of making sure, you know, we don't crush the entrepreneurial spirit of people, especially uh, making sure that we're, you know, fostering the entrepreneurial spirit in the minority community. There truly is one that barbecue place you talked about, by the way, um, you know, Red's Barbecue, they have been a staple in North St. Louis County for a long time. They've been in a few different places, never made it, never been able to make it really work. You know, we had a great um, restaurant that the proprietor had died and it closed a number of years ago. We sought out Red and we were excited. We said, Red, we've got a home for you here. You know, we want to help foster. You've got a great product. You know, we can help you get in you know, contact with some with the right people. We can make this a permanent home for Red's. And, uh, I mean, it makes our whole business district smell great <laughs> every day. Yeah. And it's, it's really been, a, you know, some of those great, you know, opportunities to, uh, you know, do some of those things that were already part of your, your blueprint. And, um, we're really excited. Uh, we're planning on having a, uh, work session with the rest of our council, um, to sit down and go through it and talk about, you know, how we can, um, find the things in there that we think the city of Ferguson can do for ourselves. Some of them are probably some of the pieces of the blueprint probably above what Ferguson can really do or what, you know, what's above our pay grade maybe, but certainly those things that Ferguson does, certainly those things that Ferguson can um, move forward on. We want to be able to try to do that. And so, you know, we had a majority of the council there yesterday. They were all very excited about it. I think the rest of the council uh, is anxious to, to learn a little bit more about it. And, um, Hopefully we'll see uh, the benefits of your labors. So I'm, I'm excited to hear that. And I, I, I agree with you. There are some things in the blueprint. Um, you know, obviously you can't control school choice, um, from, from your municipality. Right. Um, exactly. <laughs> but you can do but like, I've been a supporter of for a long time. Yeah. 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 And, and that's, that's uh, ending excessive regulation. That's kind of a thing, you know, you can partner up on that. Um, but I think some of the, the items in here, informationally speaking would be what you could if you're aware of them then that's when the opportunity to partner with st louis county or or what have you or maybe even our legislature that opportunity could present itself to you if you're aware oh hey wait it looks like they're you know they're working on x this is something that we actually have an opinion on now so it's it's informational but it's also actionable um so is there anything that like if if someone was to say to you mayor Knowles, what's one thing you want people to know about ferguson five years after the shooting of mike brown what would that be well i think what i want people to know is when they look at the community itself that the community the people First of all, Ferguson isn't just an event or hashtag or a, uh, or a place where um, where this you know tragic event happened and then the subsequent unrest happened. Uh, it became kind of the stage for a lot of people's voices to be heard on a number of issues that range from Ferguson to the St. Louis region to national issues. What I want people to know about Ferguson is. It's a community of people who truly have worked together, worked to come together, to be together, uh, to heal from the unrest, to to thrive in our community, um, so that we are truly a united people. Um, people oftentimes focus on the government, they focus on the police department, all of those are important things, and, and we've done uh, our part to uh, be engaged in this process. But so much was made about Ferguson, and I think people look at it and say that there must be something wrong or something um, something about the people of Ferguson that is uh, somehow uh, racially divided or that the community itself somehow uh, is segregated. And that really can't be furthest from the truth. 
I mean, you come in two weeks uh, on a Friday night and see the concert series that we have in our plazas. It's a, it's a huge crowd, diverse crowd. You know, it's not black on one side and white on the other. Uh, you know, old white ladies show up to the concerts when there's a hip hop group, <laughs> and African Americans show up when it's a country band. You know, all they right, well, Mayor Knowles. Thank you so much for joining us today. And it was so great to hear uh, just the wonder that you've been able to work there. We're supporting you and rooting for you, and we appreciate your time today. We'll be back with more Stacey on the Right after this. Rachel Ray here. Nothing brings a bigger smile to my face than cooking up a big meal for the whole family and lots of friends. But there's not enough room at my table for the 17 million kids in our country who struggle with hunger. That's why the Feeding America nationwide network of food banks collects surplus food to give hope to hungry kids. But they can't do it without your help. Support Feeding America and your local food bank at feedingamerica.org. A message from Feeding America and the Ad Council. Let's get crazy! In movies, when someone at a party jumps into a pool fully dressed, everyone cheers them on and jumps in too. Just so you know, in real life parties, nobody jumps in after you. You just look stupid. Come on, jump in! Come on! Most party fouls are pretty dumb, but if you decide to drink and drive underage, you could lose your license and your freedom. Learn more at ultimatepartyfoul.org. Brought to you by the National Highway Traffic Safety Administration and the Ad Council. You know what really gets a party started? Indoor baseball. Yeah, just find a broom or a pool cue, and you can use, like, anything as a ball. Cans, bottles, shoes. Hey, bro, toss me that avocado. Most party fouls are pretty dumb, but if you decide to drink and drive underage, you could lose your license and your freedom. Underage drinking and driving, the ultimate party foul. Learn more at ultimatepartyfoul.org. Brought to you by the National Highway Traffic Safety Administration and the Ad Council. I'm a little teapot, short and stout. Here is my handle and here is my spout. No, Dad, like this. When I get all steamed up, then I shout, tip me over and pull me out. (laughs) This is WWE superstar Roman Reigns. It only takes a moment to make a moment. Take time to be a dad today. Visit fatherhood.gov. Brought to you by the U.S. Department of Health and Human Services and the Ad Council. Wake up and text. Text and eat. Mm -mm. Text and meet up with a friend you haven't seen in forever. Hi. Oh, hey. Text and complain that they're on their phone the whole time. Text and listen to them complain that you're on your phone the whole time. Uh. Text and whatever. But when you get behind the wheel, give your phone to a passenger. Put it in the glove box. Just don't text and drive. Visit StopTextsStopRex.org. A message from NHTSA and the Ad Council. Okay, kids, Dad's going to teach you how to dance. First, spread your feet apart. Then, pump your knee, nod your head, shake your hips, and bite your lip ever so slightly. Now, with one hand in the air, point at people with the other hand. I call that the rock star. Dance like a dad. It's a great way to make a moment with your kids. Now, make a face like it just smells something bad. Visit fatherhood.gov. Brought to you by the U.S. Department of Health and Human Services and the Ad Council. Welcome back to Spacey on the Right. Hey, that's pretty awesome. Mayor Knowles has clearly uh, been a really great mayor and a positive influence on Ferguson. And I think uh, one thing I have to say, so the city council members that I met, we hit it off so big, y'all. We're just standing around talking about our kids um, and talking about how it was so fantastic that we have a document that is, it's free and you just take it and any ideas that you see in it you, you, that you like, you can use and that they were willing to take the document and take a look at it. I posted it on Facebook. The There's a video of us speaking. Chris Harps is emceeing the event. And I, I was one of the speakers. Mayor Knowles spoke as well. And I just want to say, um, it takes a lot of courage as a community leader to say, we're going to take a, you know, a, a policy document from 
a group of black conservatives, even though the group that we're with, Project 21, is nonpartisan, the, the fact is they know that the people who are handing them the information were, were already out there and well-known for being conservatives. They just say they take it and review it, to read it, to look at it, to to absorb the information. It takes courage to do that because there's always forces who are like, no, don't don't talk to them, don't sit with them, don't don't allow them to be a part of it. And when we were there and we were talking afterwards, we had so much in common, right? It was just, it's like that all the time. I always say at the local level, you're going to find so much in common with people that you don't have to fight and bicker and argue. Even when you're on opposing sides on an issue, you can find so many other things that you agree on that you can at least look at the thing that you're on, you're, you're as far as the East is from the West on an issue, but you can at least say, I know this person. They're in my community. Their kids go to school with my kids, my grandkids, whatever. You, you know, their, their kids do this. As, you can find so much in common that you can say, okay, wait, okay. Woo. Yeah. So we should be able to talk about this too. That's, that's where we should be going with this every single time. I'm not kidding. And you guys know I'm as partisan as they come. I would rather flag a wait. I would rather wave a flag in your face and say, nanny, nanny, boo, boo, your mom, than listen to you try to present some far left open borders drivel to me. And that's just me being real. I mean, I could act like I'm totally always a grown up, but the fact is sometimes I just get to a place with liberals where I'm not a grown up anymore. I'm just someone who wants to see carnage. You know what I mean? It's It just gets like that when I hear stuff like this. So let's launch into it. Let's get to the Democratic Socialists of America. First of all, how is that a thing? How can you be breathing our good, clean American air brought to you by the taxpayers and the EPA? How can you be breathing that air and letting the sun bear down upon you in this great land that we have been blessed to live in up until this point and actually think socialism is something good. Your brain doesn't work. Your synapses don't fire correctly. The pathways in your brain have been burned through by alcohol or drugs or liberalism. And you know I'm right. I had somebody attacking me on Facebook today and I just felt... So I was so amused by the fact that he was trying to condescend to me that I almost didn't answer. And then I did. And then later I was like, oh, maybe I shouldn't have answered him back, you know, in a comment because he was, I don't know what he is politically, but I called him a Democrat, which really insulted him. Um, so he has some self-awareness, but he was just being rude about the whole idea that we could, um, you know, hold any position and also be conservatives and also support Donald Trump, which means he has TDS. You don't have to like Donald Trump. You don't even have to support him. You can be a Republican, a Democrat. You can be anything and not support Donald Trump. But if you have Trump derangement syndrome where any mention of his name and you're losing it and you're trying to like be angry and try to bear down on me, don't try me. Don't try to bear down on me. I'm six foot two inches tall. So first of all, you can't. I don't care if you're a man. It's kind of hard to bear down on somebody who's six foot two inches tall. That's first of all. And second of all, I'm, 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 I got this thing going on. I, I, I don't know if you noticed it, but I got this thing and it's not going away. So you, you should keep your distance. Even if you're online, you should be wary. Don't try me. Don't try me. If I didn't send for you, you know, whatever that little saying is that the youth like to say. So the Democratic Socialists of America are all together and they're at a conference and they're supposed to be talking about their own stuff, right? They're supposed to be doing what they do. You know what I'm saying? You, if you have a conference, I can tell you from many times that we've had conferences, whether it was Americans for Prosperity or blog con that was put on by Ali Alexander uh, and a bunch of other people or, or whatever the conference was. When we would get there and we'd be all amongst our own, there was a sense of camaraderie. Watch for that term to come up. And we would be, um, we would just be enjoying ourselves to such a level that, you know, just there's nothing like getting among a bunch of people who you're all working on the same type of stuff. And even if there's little petty rivalries or people who don't like each other, for the most part, everybody is just enjoying themselves, right? So that's what's supposed to happen when you get together at a conference. You're not at work work, right? You, you're not at home. You're, you're staying in a hotel. You get to eat at the restaurants. I mean, what could be wrong with you? Okay, enough. Here it is. The first one, now, listen for the words comrade and also for a bunch of whiny babies like expressing themselves. Here we go. Uh, quick point of privilege. Quick point um, of personal privilege. Yes. 
Um, guys, uh, first of all, James Jackson, Sacramento, he, him. I just want to say, can we please keep the chatter to a minimum? I'm one of the people who's very, very prone to sensory overload. There's a lot of whispering and chatter going on. It's making it very difficult for me to focus. Please, can we just, I know it's, we're all fresh and ready to go, but can we please just keep the chatter to a minimum? It's affecting my ability to focus. Thank you. Thank you, comrade. Okay, is there a speaker against name, point chapter, pronoun? Privilege. Point of personal privilege. Yes. Please do not use gendered language to, <laughs> to address everyone. Okay, so first of all, y'all know that if, if I was there, I would be immediately the one who would be stopping talking to hear how somebody is, um, you know, saying that they're getting overloaded by people chattering because I would go over and I would be like, is it me? Can you hear me talking? Because I'm not trying to, I'm not trying to overload you, but I was talking back there because I'm, I'm a talker. So I would be in the back <laughs> or in the front. I don't care where I am. And if there's things that need to be said, well, sometimes now I have, I have actually gotten really good at texting people. Um, so I'll text, but if they don't answer, Sometimes I'll nudge them and then I'll make you know a face like check your text messages. If they don't get it, then I'll just lean over and tell them what I got to say because I got to get it out. I got to get get to get that information over there. So I would be the one, one of the ones chitter chattering because apparently they were having like a bunch of procedural stuff. So then the guy after the first guy, he's yelling at her for using gendered pronouns, but she didn't use one. I listened more than one time for the sake of the good of the order. Listen to this one more time. It's only thirty six seconds. Do you hear her, the little Asian lady up at the front? She's Asian and she's small and very petite. She's standing at the microphone at the podium. She's actually calling for points of order and allowing people to express themselves. She does not gender pronoun anyone, but here it is. Listen for it. Does she gender anyone? No, she addresses people as comrade. Now, I would still be talking. I'm not going to lie to y'all. I have actually been called out before at conferences. Can we just be real here? I'm just going to tell y'all a secret. Um... Maybe once or twice at conferences where, you know, people like two or 300 or maybe 500 people were there. Um, I would be chitter chattering and someone would call me up, uh, call me out from the podium and say, Stacy on the right and such and so and so are back there chattering and, um, we want to know what they're talking about. I also get called out at book club. Someone will say, what are you guys talking about? Cause we're talking about the book and we're, <laughs> and then I'll have to be like, oh, um, and then, you know, sometimes you just don't want to tell what you're talking about. I've never been put out before, but I have been called out before. So I just wish I, I just, you know what I wish? I wish I had been there. If I had been there, y'all, he would have been overloaded because I would have been talking. I can't help it. Okay, listen one more time and see if you hear the gendering. Uh, quick point of privilege. Quick point um, of personal privilege. Yes. Um, guys, uh, first of all, James Jackson, Sacramento, he, him. I just want to say, can we please keep the chatter to a minimum? I'm one of the people who's very, very prone to sensory overload. There's a lot of whispering and chatter going on. It's making it very difficult for me to focus. Please, can we just, I know it's, we're all fresh and ready to go, but can we please just keep the chatter to a minimum? It's affecting my ability to focus. Thank you. Thank you, comrade. Okay. Is there a speaker against name, point chapter, pronoun? Privilege. Point of personal privilege. Yes. Please do not use gendered language to, to address everyone. So that guy sounded like he was having an asthma attack. Now, admittedly, I'm one person who in, observ in, in observing this, even if I was there in person, I would be breaking out laughing and that would be really triggering to people. And that is when they would probably try to have me removed, but it would be difficult because I would put up a fight, you know, not a fight fight, but you know, I would not be willing to just leave and go out of that place quietly into that good night. No, I would want to stay and observe and continue to laugh and enjoy myself. So here's the next one. Again, if you're drinking something or eating, especially if you're eating popcorn, be careful because I don't want you snorting this back in your throat and choking. I don't want to be responsible for that. Be careful while you're listening to this next clip. Here it is. We have quiet rooms that are available. There's a range of options of these, right? One thing to note there, please don't go into that space with anything that's like an aggressive <laughs> scent, for instance, right? First and foremost, use the proper doors. Don't try and exit through these or any other sort of like fun shortcuts you see. Um, you have to have your credentials at all times. There are um, right-wing infiltrators who are trying to get in here um, and generally uh, try to be chill, right? Take a deep breath. Feel better before you say anything. Uh, please don't tweet photos of your credentials. 
If you have friends here that you would like to be here and they don't have credentials, don't let them in. Don't make exceptions for those people. Don't really talk to anybody who doesn't have a pretend credential, especially if they claim to be from the press. Please do not talk to anybody who identifies themselves as a member of the press. Don't talk to cops. Don't talk to MAGA assholes. Don't talk to cops if there are cops there for any reason at all, right? You do see someone talking to cops, uh, let the marshals know. Okay, guys. So it gets a little bit to the point where he's just talking so that he can hear the sound of his own voice. Um, but I think if this is the best they've got, we don't have to worry so badly. Like we don't have so much to worry about with these so-called socialists. The problem is they do have some numbers there. Like they had enough numbers to get together and have a conference. And so I just, I'm, I'm really, it's, it's, it's perplexing. You just think to yourself, what is happening here? Um, so personal privilege, point of personal privilege. First of all, Anytime they get to complain about something, I guess they call it a personal privilege. It's their privilege to call something out that they don't like. Uh, you know, it's, it's hard to understand you guys with us being just regular folks who just want to get up and work and be left alone and, you know, love God, serve people, be in our community. This is, this is going to be difficult for us to take in, but we have to try. We have to try because, uh, if we don't, we won't see what they have for us coming. We won't be prepared. Um, the other thing is smoke says he thinks that the guy who was triggered and losing his mind, almost had an asthma attack was addressing the guy who said point of personal privilege. And then he said, guys, if you're chitter chattering, I just want to remind you, I think that's what he was upset by. And that's what makes all of this so funny because all of us are conditioned. Like I do it all the time. I'll post on Facebook guys, or I'll say to my family guys, you know, let's roll something like that. My daughters don't then chime in. We aren't guys. You know, no one says you just misgendered me. No one says that because everyone knows I don't mean guys like dudes. I mean, people in the vicinity. Everyone knows what these things mean. It's natural to refer to groups uh, by male monikers. It's just normal to do. It doesn't mean anything bad or that there's any animus. Um, so I, I just think... We just need to be really, really careful. And if you have kids or if you have grandkids, it doesn't mean you sit them down and have a big, long like lecture about gender or pronouns or socialism. It means when you have the opportunity to point out, like, let's say, let's, let's just hypothetically, um, you're with your grandkids and I don't have grandkids, guys, but I do pray that the Lord will bless me with a whole horde of them. Like 20 grandkids is what I'm hoping for. Anyway. Um, but when I do have them, when I've seen some of my girlfriends do who do have grandkids, they'll say, um, instead of saying socialism is bad, what they'll do is it's more of a pointing out of something that you love. So when the kids are, the grandkids are saying, well, I want to go to, uh, you know, the coffee shop and I want to get, you know, my favorite custom, you know, coffee drink or hot cocoa or whatever. She will point out that in socialist countries, you can't get customized things. Everything isn't customized for you. Um, and that is the way to do it to take the opportunity to point it out when you have the chance quickly and then move on. All right. (laughs) That's the show. I can't believe it's over so fast. Looking forward to going back to two hours, but until then, Righteously American.